There's no doubt that small businesses are the foundation of our communities. That's why MasterCard has invested in tools to support small business owners as they grow their business. With MasterCard tools and resources, you can increase sales by shortening checkout time, broadening your customer base, and tapping into new opportunities to increase customer loyalty. So get started. Discover all the ways MasterCard can help guide, grow, and protect your business at mastercard.ca forward slash small business. At Scotiabank, we know how important thriving businesses are for the strength of our economy. Our team of experienced advisors across the country can provide you with tailored advice, leading products, and valuable resources to help achieve all your financial goals. We're here for every future. Let's get started today. Visit us at scotiabank.com slash smallbusiness. Welcome to the Startup Canada podcast, where we talk to Canada's most innovative and entrepreneurial leaders and changemakers. I'm your host, Rick Spence, and as a business journalist, editor, and entrepreneur, I've learned what makes Canadian startups special, successful, and scalable. Join me every Tuesday at 10 a.m. ET to hear new stories of Canadian entrepreneurs and learn about the moments that mattered most on their journeys. The Startup Canada podcast is a production of Startup Canada. Don't forget to subscribe to the show wherever you listen to your podcasts. Entrepreneurs from coast to coast to coast, welcome to the Startup Canada podcast. On the show today, we're thrilled to have Jonathan Friedman. Jonathan is president of the Journal That Talks Back, an accessible, affordable, and unlimited journaling and coaching app that connects young professionals and post-secondary students with certified coaches to help them manage their mental health, relationships, career aspirations, and personal and professional challenges. After eight years of working as a child and youth counselor, Jonathan Friedman knows firsthand how important it is for young adults to have access to support and guidance. Jonathan is a mental health advocate, and he's passionate about journaling, coaching, metal, and coffee. Jonathan, welcome to the show. Where does this podcast find you today? Heck yeah, over here in Toronto. I really appreciate the intro. That's the best I've ever had. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, get used to it. I think you're going to get a lot more. Uh, let me start the show off with our usual question, wondering if you have any specific advice that you'd like to share with our listeners before they get started to let them know just what kind of brilliant conversation we're about to have here today. Yeah, absolutely. I think for me, uh, and this is something that took me a bit, a little bit of a while to learn, even as a mental health advocate and even as a child and youth counselor, it's that all of us, no matter who you are, nobody is immune, has all of this muck that's always rolling around in their head, whether it's stress, whether it's you know feelings of lowness, whether it's those voices that just say you're not good enough, or maybe that you're too good at stuff. We all have it, and it's really, really important to ask for support. It's really important to journal. It's really important to get everything out how you need to get it out, and even try new ways that you haven't tried yet. So you're not alone, you got this, and there's lots of people out here waiting to give you that extra hand that you need. So there it is, no oh-ums there. <laughs> Fantastic. So tell me a little bit, uh, I want to know a little bit more about you, but first I want to just make sure we all have a, 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 a certain amount of familiarity with this oddly named product, the journal that talks back. 
Give us, give us, please, just the most basic introduction to the product, who it's for, and how long you've been in business. Yeah, absolutely. So we, I was, I was telling my own coach on the journal that talks back uh, last week that we have slowly started to move from a startup to a started up, uh, but we just launched in October, uh, which is really, really exciting. So I believe we're in months. Uh, you know, we've been around not for very long. We're within our first year. And one of the things that um, we really focus on is working with young professionals, although we'll work with all sorts of different kinds of people. And really what uh, makes us unique is we have a, a service that we, where in a, a client tracks their mood, their sleep, their stress, their activity, and journal to a variety of prompts. And their coach, who we assign, is right there on the other end to read and to respond to everything. So we're not an artificial intelligence. We're not waiting a week or two weeks or three weeks for a coaching session. It's on the go, unlimited coaching wherever and whenever and however you need it. So that's kind of our, uh, that's our secret sauce. Right. You mentioned it could be for anyone. How about old professionals? Heck yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. We, we, we figured it. check. No, no, young professionals, old professionals, all the professionals. Uh, we work on personal stuff, professional stuff. Uh, we just really wanted to uh, technologically come out with something that sort of met the needs and demands of you know Gen Z and millennials, uh, because there are a lot of different and unique things that we were able to sort of create, especially around accessibility, um, that we wanted to cater for young professionals. But by catering for young professionals, we cater for all the professionals. Right. Is there any secret technology involved? What, 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 what sort of differentiates you? Yeah, so I think what differentiates us is that we're a coaching company that has a technology. I mean, at the end of the day, any journaling service is just, you know, a souped up text box. You know, we do have the mood tracking. We have some stats that are for you and your coach to enrich, you know, your experience. But really for us, it's uh, about the way that journal goes directly to the coach who, you know, has been trained and certified in the frame of mind coaching methodology. And most of them have been working for a very, very long time and are amazing, stellar, superb coaches. Again, I myself am a client of the service and, uh, and an evangelist of it. Um, and it's really that coaching that's special. And it's the journaling that allows you to connect to that coach. So really, we're kind of like the coaching version of text therapy. Cool. One of the <clears throat> things that I've discovered myself is that I'm not sure I really know what journaling is. It sounds straightforward. Um, I have a couple documents where I blog stuff about business life, um, just for me. Not, I mean, I do have an outward-facing blog, but uh, I also have sort of ongoing endless documents just for me, but they're about business. They're not about my mood or my sleep or anything. So tell me, what does journaling actually mean to you and your clients? Yeah, absolutely. So journaling can mean all sorts of different things. And I think it, it it's about the person and where they are in that point of their life, that context. And lots of people journal about, you know, their relationships, could be about their finances. It could be about transitions. Maybe, you know, you just left university and you're starting your first full-time job, or maybe you live in Toronto like me and need to work two or three jobs at any time to sort of make things happen. 
and you know you're struggling with that maybe it's struggling with going on dates maybe it's struggling with mental health or anxiety or maybe it is struggling as an entrepreneur and trying to figure out what business is and what how to navigate all the different tools and components that you need to make your your startup or your started up or your you know you've been around for a long time successful and for us it's about looking at that journal as an open canvas to explore anything and that obviously in our case a coach would help them out with that but also to use different prompts or different journaling styles like bullet journaling or to-do lists or even a blog to sort of you know uh, allow that person to explore in a way that feels comfortable for them. So it can be a, a that's a long answer, a long-winded answer, but it basically, a journal is what you need it to be, and it allows you to explore things through writing. A journal is what you mean it to be. I love that. I think that, that, that that's very powerful. But it sounds like you want me to write about my feelings. And if I were to write about my feelings, my greatest fear would be that someone would see it. And yet, for for your business that's a feature not a bug definitely definitely is i totally hear that i think what's really interesting about whether it's coaching or counseling or therapy or whatever support an individual is accessing the key feature of any support system is taking the time to build up trust and rapport and our coaches are really really great at that and that's what helps you know reinforce safety in in the journal that talks back you know, obviously, technologically, there's a, there are a bunch of safety features. You know, where our, our our safety is the same as any bank or or military grade security that um, you know banks and militaries are using. But uh, it's really the coach's job or the therapist's job or the counselor's job to you know create that safe space. And for us, that space is the journal. Okay, let's go back a little bit. Um, now that we sort of understand the business, let's go back a little bit. You you worked for several years as a child and youth counselor, which I presume is a job that's challenging and rewarding at the same time. What issues are you seeing young professionals facing today? And what are some of the most common challenges they would bring you? Yeah, so actually when I was a child and youth counselor, I worked mostly with um, adults who had a primary diagnosis of autism and were largely nonverbal in their communication. And I also worked with young children who experienced traumatic events. And my main role was to use, uh, you know, iPads and other technology to sort of teach communication and bridge that gap. So that way, you know, an individual who wants something can be heard. There's that. It, it fills that gap. One of the things that I, I and one of the other things I used to do was work as a distress counselor. And between my coworkers and the families I was working with, and the the counseling I was doing, I was noticing a lot of people were struggling with, you know, the context of life in a city like Toronto. You know, in many cases, young people needing or old people or all sorts of people needing to work two or three jobs just to make ends meet and, you know, throw children in or in the case of the families I was working with, throw children, you know, who have that primary diagnosis of autism, who need some extra supports or, you know, have children who are going to school but also need to access therapy or different supports, there's this huge gap in what people need and what's available to them. And for a long time, you know, doing my best as a child youth worker, having my own business in that space, but also working for schools, you there's always this, you're, you're a part of a bunch of different tools not calling myself a tool, but I am in a way, uh, being a part of this, you know, holistic care system that unfortunately doesn't always 
measure up to the to the needs people have. And I think for me, that's what I found really um, frustrating is that, you know, people get into that field because you want to do the best you can for the world and you want to work with families and work with young people and all sorts of different people to make uh, them feel greater ease and peace and joy in the lives that they have. And sometimes it just, it doesn't work that way. And that's where I kind of saw my own frustration coming out and also saw a lot of frustration with my clients and the people around my clients. Wow. So tell me, what was there an aha moment or something where you said, hey, there's some issues here and I wonder if I could use some technology to create a platform to actually make a difference? Yeah. So actually, I so as, as you mentioned, I was in that role as a youth counselor for about eight years. Uh, I worked many different jobs and at one point I actually burnt out and not because of the people I was working with, but I was just working in an environment where the staff and I did not see eye to eye. And when you're working in a, in a field like that, it's really important that, you know, you share, you have a really um, good vision for the clients you're working with because you really want to help get them to that safer and more joyful place. Yeah, you don't want to be fighting battles on two fronts. Help it's not a, not a place for bureaucracy, exactly. <laughs> and the people upstairs, yeah. Yeah. So I, I burnt out and I went to my stepmom who runs a coaching company called Frame of Mind Coaching. And I said, yo, I need a summer job. And she said, what do you know about marketing? And I said, Kim, I am a youth worker. I know about <laughs> iPads. I know about, you know, behavioral techniques, but I don't know anything about marketing. And she said, uh, I'm going to give you a month to learn everything you can. And if you like it, you can join my company. So that's what I did. And I learned web design and I learned UX design and SEO and all of the other fun stuff. And one of the things we were always looking at is, you know, how to blend my youth counseling background and coaching, her brand of coaching, which largely revolves around journaling. And at the same time, at the same time and place, um, I, I, I myself struggle with, a, with an anxiety disorder. And I was going through therapy, which I have the best therapist in the world. Cheers, Randy. And basically... Um, I'd have a session on a Thursday and then I'd go for a date on a Saturday and have an anxiety attack or something. Then I'd have to wait a week or two for the next session. And I really noticed at that time that, wow, maybe what if there was some way to sort of have an on the go experience that is coaching. And in that moment, it sort of sparked an idea. And then when COVID hit and we saw in my own circle, a lot of my own friends struggling, obviously professionals losing their jobs all around the world, people really having a lot of transitions and a lot of barriers thrown up, a lot of different stresses that didn't exist before that now exist. Um, Kim and I looked at each other and said, you know, like it's time we do something. So we did some research and uh, some testing and some different kinds of things. And uh, the journal that talks back was born. Wow. So tell me um, a little bit about what it took to create this business. Did you need to raise capital? Did you have to tap the rents? How did it work? Yeah, great question. So in our case, it's more of an entrepreneurship as opposed to an entrepreneurship venture. We're definitely born out of a uh, frame of mind coaching. So we're self-funded through like that executive coaching company. Um, we may you know, be looking to grow through some capital uh, in, in the future. 
but for now, uh, we're learning and we're growing more organically, which has been, uh, you know, really great. It's really given me a lot of learning in that experience. Can you give me a snapshot of the company as it is now, the journal that talks back? How many employees do you have? Any idea? Can you give me an idea of how many clients you have? What do you know? Do you have a growth rate going on? Uh, when we started in October of 2021, we actually thought we were going to go a lot more of a direct-to-consumer route, 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 that's the word, route, direct-to-consumer route, where, uh, you know, we're going to run different kinds of ads and we're going to get clients that way. It kind of was okay, but we ended up learning a lot and spending way too much money on ads. And uh, we decided to explore more of a corporate route. And if, you know, a company is supporting their employees because, you know, there's a lot of issues uh, with retention and with hiring that a lot of companies are having with young professionals, if they'd be able to, you know, use a service like ours to help support hiring and to support recruitment and retention, and to really support the mental health of their employees, um, that would be a better play. Uh, so we kind of had that reset in uh, January of 2022. So a few months, quick learning. That's excellent entrepreneuring. <laughs> and that's kind of the bonus. Thank you. That's kind of one of the bonuses of a family business too. On one hand, you have business all the time. But on another hand, you know, you have your close family looking out for everybody's best interests, but also the business. So there's always there's always stuff conversation going on at the table right there's never any relief do you have employees yeah so we have uh, a team of nine coaches and then uh, on the admin team we have uh, myself uh, my stepmom my dad and uh, also a fantastic pr marketing co coordinator who does a lot more than that uh, named kate she's awesome so we have a team of four plus the nine coaches right what can, what, what, what statistic can you give me in terms of telling me you're a hit? Yeah, so right now we're growing. We're uh, working with uh, two different companies. Yeah, slowly, slowly we're starting to work and build uh, beyond pilot programs uh, to have you know more longstanding uh, coaching relationships with those uh, young professionals at those companies. Very cool. What's it like, Jonathan, going from being you know a youth counselor, which is a very certain type of job to suddenly being an entrepreneur with uh, all these open-ended uh, tasks, uh, all these ideas pouring out of you, never enough resources. How have you managed that transition? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think for me, uh, they're not so different because one of the key skills of being a great child and youth worker is being a fantastic troubleshooter because you could be out in the community and things happen and you can be in a school and randomly, you know, um, things start to get thrown at you and you just have to be really good at navigating things on the fly. And that's no different from being an entrepreneur where every single day is a totally new adventure. You need some really outstanding emotional resilience, the ability to sort of get back up after you're knocked down over and over and over and over again, much like any other sales or marketing um, sort of position. And what's really cool is that what's really cool and actually really, really scary is that everything is your idea. So everything kind of revolves back to that initial question, which is, does the world need the journal that talks back? And every single day, every single night, every breath I breathe, every time I go to sleep and I dream, I'm like, how do I, how do I make this happen? And what can I do that's unique and quirky, but also you know, really informed to, uh, to, to build out that story? So I don't think the youth work in that are, are so different 
in the actual philosophy of how to be of how to earn success with it. That, that that your answer blows my mind. I mean, it makes perfect sense, and it's and it's a beautiful thing. That uh, and you know, I'm so glad that counseling services towards people who need them. You know, if if more people are are feeling that way and and feeling like entrepreneurs and 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 having this ability to be creative and to adapt and be flexible and and pivot all the time um you know that that that's really good to hear how do young professionals currently get help if they need it um you know you've created a program that wraps around them like a warm blanket and and helps them and gives them um tools to work with and a person to talk to um for those who don't use it but are who aren't using your service now um, and yet have all the stresses of adjusting to the pressures of life, the pressures of work, the pressures of relationships, where do they go for help currently? Yeah. So that's a great question. And even in my own intake calls, when we're bringing in clients in, we totally realize that there's, you know, there really are different strokes for different folks and we're just another tool in the box and it's really important that people access what works for them when and how they need it. So uh, there's us, and we're you know that journal-based coaching system. There's companies like BetterHelp or Talkspace or Seven Cups, which are you know our, our therapy counterparts, and they're fantastic. And obviously, you know BetterHelp is it's a huge, huge company. They're, they're they do a lot of really amazing work. There's lots of fantastic you know social workers and psychotherapists and psychiatrists and counselors and CBT therapists. There's really a lot. And actually, one of the things I hear in a lot of my intake calls is, you know, what's right for me? And there is obviously a bit of a trial and error period. You know, you want to find whether it's coaching or therapy or counseling, you want to find the, the, the person who's the best fit for you who matches, you know, your energy and really has a good breadth of experience in what you're going through and finding the right process that works because coaching is, even though there are similarities with therapy and counseling, there are differences and you want to find something that really meets uh, your need at that time. And like I myself, as I mentioned, I've been, I've spent years going to different CBT therapists and different counselors and different coaches, and they're all fantastic. So, um, any any anybody listening to this podcast now, if you need support, it's not a there. There's so much out there, and uh, if if you need, just it's it's a Google search or an email away to ask a question of, hey, I'm going through this thing right now, whether it's anxiety or depression or a big career change or something like that, and uh, finding the support that's right for you at that time. Okay, let me put you on the spot. If I if I needed help and you said, "Hey, you could just Google it." What what would you suggest? What term would you suggest I Google? Good question. So, I think I would first before Googling, I would take a quick uh self-reflection and say, "Okay, what am I feeling right now?" And in my case, I would search for, you know, something around anxiety because that's something that really honestly takes it's there all the time for me. My shoulders are always up. I, I blurt things out. I sweat through every single shirt I've ever owned. American Eagle gets a lot of money. <laughs> um, but I would search for 
uh, anxiety counselor or therapist or coach Toronto because I want somebody who, you know, is close to me, understands the Toronto experience and also has a good breadth of experience about anxiety. And then from there, you know, you call a few different therapists or coaches or different companies um, to kind of see and hear when you ask questions, who is the right fit? Every single company is going to do um, some sort of assessment um, before they engage in services. And it's really just, you know, take the time to listen to what they have to say and figure out if that, uh, that service is a good fit for you. That's another great answer. You are hitting them out of the park. Heck so I'm, yeah. I'm going to have to ask you tougher questions. So tell me, as a as your own client, as a client yourself of the journal that talks back, can you tell me a little bit about what you've gotten out of that experience of having that the app and the, the that ongoing feedback from a coach? Um, you know, don't tell us, you know, the confidential stuff, but how has that been as an experience for you? And and what's different about it? But, you know, what did you discover that you might not have expected having designed this platform in the first place? Yeah. So I think similar to every entrepreneur, you kind of design something that kind of fills your own need in a big way. And for me, as I mentioned before, there's that um, that struggle for me was always that I'd want to have some connection with a professional in between sessions because anxiety attacks don't have schedules. And for me, there'd be weeks and weeks and weeks where I'm just not sleeping. I'm struggling to, you know, maintain my, like, I've been dating my girlfriend now for three and a half years, but they're like, it, things happen and my brain doesn't always process information in the nicest way. And it's really important to, for me to have somebody at all hours. And unfortunately, I'm not, not yet anyways, uh, you know, a big, big time celebrity with a big wallet. And it's really hard to find frequent support. And one of the things that I've had with my coach is, for me, it's just the idea that I know that they're there at any time. And I journal almost every single day. And I always know that there's somebody who's, you know, there with no judgment, ready to listen and support whatever I throw at them. And sometimes for me, that's a big business challenge. You know, we are started up. We're still like figuring out getting our footing. There's a lot of challenges that come up with that similar to every other entrepreneur. But for me, there's also anxiety. There's relationships. There's, you know, like, when is my girlfriend going to move in? There's you know, maybe like my mom also struggles with some mental uh, mental health concerns and, you know, managing um, that relationship. And no matter what I throw at my coach, they're always, you know, they're waiting. And what's been really cool for me as a client is this whole mood tracking thing. I know it's pretty similar to a lot of other services out there, but the fact that my coach and I can both see at the same time, not only the journals, but you know, the roller coaster of stress and anxiety that I'm on, um, it really helps to to get us a picture of where I'm at, and also, you know, in a way, it becomes predictable. Like I've had the same roller coaster for now five months since I've been journaling. Like that, I have the snapshot of it, so I can really kind of know, you know, like which weeks are going to be heftier for me, um, how weather is a big influence. The winter is always harder for me as I'm sure it is for a lot of other people. And also what life events happen that trigger anxiety, which is something that a lot of cognitive behavior therapists do. And we're really doing in my coaching now, which is, you know, 
this not knowing what's next or being in limbo or being in that middle of a transition really spikes things off for me. Or when I have a day with a lot of meetings, it really spikes things off because I'm always, I've always been really a behind the scenes kind of guy and being on meetings and podcasts and shows and sharing my story and, you know, being a face forward entrepreneur versus being, you know, a UX designer or a youth worker is it's a different ball game. Oh, come on. No anxiety there. <laughs> being out in front all the time, <laughs> responsible for other people's lives and, and, and careers. Yeah. What, 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 what could be easier? Um, What's it like knowing that you have this direct connection to uh, a coach, a guardian angel watching over you available uh, almost any time? Yeah, it's uh, honestly, it, it makes me feel uh, safer throughout my day because I know whether it's a good day or a bad day or uh, a day where I'm not sleeping or a day where I feel really rested and good that I just have somebody who's there ready to listen to me. That's their their job. They're excited to hear from me. They're excited to know what's up. And even if it's like just a small check-in, like, Hey, I had a really good day. Here are some of the things that I have that happened to me versus, Hey, you know, today was a total, uh, a total, uh, blank show, total mess. Um, it's really, um, it's reassuring and validating to know that somebody's there to ask me questions, to either push me, you know, in, in business or to be there to validate what I'm going through when I am going through that anxious space and be vulnerable, you know? Right. I've got to ask you, um, I, I understand that your business model has sort of pivoted towards the, the, the B2B model. Um, yeah. and, and that makes all the sense in the world for reasons we'll talk about in a minute. But if I were an individual who wanted to uh, partake of your services, any idea of the range of, uh, of cost I should expect? Yeah. So no matter if it's a corporate client or uh, an individual client, we charge $200 US or $250 um, Canadian for unlimited journal-based coaching every month. There's no tiered model where, you know, after you submit five journals, there's suddenly like an increase. It's $200 US or $250 Canadian every single month for unlimited journaling. You could journal or message your coach a hundred times in a day or a few times a week. The cost is the the same no matter what. And if I was going to a therapist, would what would two hundred dollars get me? Would that get me two meetings or three? R- roughly a session and a half. Really? So it's yeah. it's and, and again, I'm my job is never to take the place of therapy or any other service. No, I no, I understand that. I'm just trying to get, you know, to, to, just to put that in into a place because it's it, it's not a digital service that costs almost nothing it's not spotify but, no it's it's absolutely but, but there it's, is a real it's, coach it's, on the other end yeah. who's reading and responding to everything as i mentioned at the beginning there's no artificial intelligence none of that it's literally just a text box and a coach on the other side who's literally hanging out waiting to hear from jonathan whenever he messages Right. Now, if I was a venture capitalist, you know, one of those cold-blooded creatures, and I looked at this business model, I would say, hmm, doesn't scale. A, um, unlimited usage is a terrifying idea. And B, um, as the business grows, we need to find more and more of the counselors, of the coaches, and, 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 and train them and get them up to speed. So, 
were you aware when you started this that 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 that, that this was such a, a a difficult model to grow? Um, yeah, honestly, one of it's it's interesting because these are things that we're going through now, especially in the B two B space because. We're, we're, we're vying for contracts that, you know, we'd be coaching 100 or 200 or 300 people at a time. And for that, you know, there's hiring implications, there's uh, system implications, there's a lot of implications. And for us, um, we're always looking for other coaches who are looking to be trained. And often we're looking for people who are youth workers or social workers or who have a coaching background who are looking to try something uh, new. So that's kind of like one way we're looking at the challenge. Um, the model itself is, I, I think it's unique and we're gonna find challenges as we go, but uh, my hope is that it's scalable. <laughs> uh, um, but it might not be that venture capital is the way to go for us. It could be that, you know, that slower organic growth just makes more sense uh, for our business. Um, but yeah, that's definitely something, a lot of learning, a lot of growing over here for sure on that one. And there's certainly nothing wrong. I mean, the best type of growth is funded by your customers. Yeah. And if you have a model that, 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 that businesses and their, their, and, and their workforce need, then I can certainly see that, uh, uh, taking off just organically like that. Um, it occurs to me that, so many companies have developed these flexible benefit systems now where, you know, when you join the company, you get to choose the, the, the benefits that you like. So I'm thinking that in this world, um, your business fits in there like a glove. That's the hope. So we're definitely uh, having a lot of those conversations um, behind the scenes. These are so the, the difficulty, I think, with our B2B model if you get a customer, it's a great customer, you're likely to have a long relationship. But building a relationship as a new coaching model with companies, it, it takes time to have those conversations to apply for, you know, contracts to build those jobs. And similar to with, you know, flexible benefit companies, like, for example, there's a league here in Canada, I'm not sure if it's in the States, there's uh, all sorts of other, you know, employee assistance programs and things like that. Um, I'm hoping by this, uh, like in the future, these are things that we can grow into. We definitely have, you know, our software is built to be ready for that. Um, our coaches are superbly trained for those instances as well. Um, it's just a matter of, you know, for me as a, a, a like not a lone wolf salesperson, but we have a small sales team. It's me and my stepmom just going for it. Um, it just takes time to build those things up for sure. That is a challenge. But on the other hand, um, the, 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 the potential, the potential is huge and you'll have no trouble getting salespeople uh, if this turns into uh, into a popular, popular benefit. Oh, that, that's, that's the goal. Um, every single day when I'm, when I'm thinking about what this will be, I, like I'm, I know it sounds overconfident or, you know, even a little like over the top, but I, I really do, or, you know, pretty similar to every other entrepreneur with their project at the beginning. It's you, like, I believe in this with, with every bone in my body. I know this is going to be huge. It just, as in, you know, I am a youth worker. That's my training. I'm a new entrepreneur going through all of the learning every day. Sometimes it's a little disheartening, but 
that's where that you know emotional resilience and having the support system that I have really counts for everything. Knowing that I have a, a tremendous community to sort of bounce ideas off of and uh, like go to feel better. But uh, yeah, the goal is to have lots of salespeople, a nice marketing team, lots of amazing, amazing coaches, and you know who knows where we'll go. And just help me with this, Jonathan. I presume that since everything here is based on an app and communications, that you're not um, limited geographically to to any particular city or town or province or country. No, not at all. So we're, we can definitely. Uh, offer English and French coaching um, through the journal that talks back. One of the things we're interested in as we, you know, grow and learn and work with global companies is how can we offer coaching in more language? Is that something that's, you know, technologically done, you know, through translation and things like that? Um, or are we looking at hiring coaches who, you know, uh, are fluent in Italian and Spanish and other languages like that? So there's definitely a lot of different um, things we're exploring to become, you know, even more accessible and even more global. Um, but this is this, the, these are things that we're looking at hopefully in the next um, year or so. My hunch is that we're going to be looking at hiring coaches who are who are multilingual um, because, you know, even part of the reason we have coaches on the other end to begin with and not artificial intelligence is because a lot of things get lost in translation. Um, you know, a person can be using sarcasm or things like that. And artificial intelligence and text readers don't often understand those things yet. And similarly with Spanish, you know, there are, uh, you know, um, figures of speech. That's the term uh, that figures of speech. That's the figure of speech that are used in other languages that when you translate them to English make absolutely no sense and vice versa. So uh, that's definitely something we'll be looking into as we uh, um, explore accessibility. I'm, I'm glad you brought up artificial intelligence because I was wondering as we were talking, um, AI is getting better and better all the time. Uh, it's great at detecting broad patterns, maybe not so great at, <laughs> at, at, at sensing figures of speech and, and ambiguity. But at, do you see AI playing a role in your business at all at some point? I'm, I'm never going to say never. I really have a philosophical belief that technology is, is, is a tool we can use to increase access as opposed to technology taking over the service itself. So I, for me, I'd rather look at how we can use technology or even, I mean, I'm, not, I'm a UX guy. I don't know too much about artificial intelligence. So if anybody ever wants to have that discussion, I'd love to learn more. But for me, I always look at how technology can make our service more accessible and make um, our functioning work better. And that's that's where I would look to first long before I'd look at, you know, a robot coaches. Robo coach, I, I mean, I'm sure it'll be a good TV show one day, but I don't think we're there yet. Right. It's funny, in Star Trek, they came up with a holographic doctor Yes. Um, but they never came up with a holographic counselor. That was always a real person. <laughs> yeah, they got to add uh, mental wellness to their Starfleet program over there. But, well, well, they had Guinan. They had <laughs> uh, the counselor on on the on the, the next generation. So they were ahead of their time. Yeah. Um, speaking of Star Trek, you have a fondness for fictional characters because you have a, a podcast at the Journal that Talks Back. The podcast is called The Character Coaching Podcast, where you actually coach fictional characters like Nog, 
from Deep Space Nine, Squidward from SpongeBob, and Bojack Horseman. So that's a pretty cool concept. And I'm wondering why you decided to use fictional characters to dig into these important topics. Yeah, so um, I've always loved TV shows, uh, especially shows for me like BoJack is one of my favorite shows of all time. And uh, one of our coaches, uh, John Rom, Dr. John Rom, I've been I've gone to school with him since we were, you know, 12 years old. And he became a doctor. He's actually on our coaching team. And we have a really good chemistry. One, because we know each other and we just find each other hilarious. <laughs> one, that always helps on a podcast. Oh, my God. Really? I haven't been able to find anyone who thinks I'm hilarious yet. Oh, you're pretty good. <laughs> um, and I've always – when we started the Journal That Talks Back, I, I knew I wanted to start a podcast. And I spoke to him about the idea. And I said, you know, we'll talk, we'll get, you know, real people to submit their journals, kind of like a Dear Abby kind of concept. And he, you know, Dear John's, that kind of idea. And he said, instead of getting real people to submit their ideas, that can be a segment of the show. Uh, but what if we coach TV characters? And he wrote me a journal for Marge Simpson. And I thought, <laughs> I, and, his, and I thought that was just the coolest, wackiest idea. And so character coaching was born and basically the way we work is we write a journal for that character usually someone who we're fond of to be honest I don't know much about Star Trek he wrote the Nog one um, <laughs> but you know we're coaching uh, we have Bojack and Squidward and Nog and Dwight Schrute from The Office and Donald Draper for Mad Men and what's really interesting what what really makes me like the concept more and more as we're doing it is these characters are watched by many people and they're written to be characters in a way that many people can relate to their stories. And they're also well-known. Like They're archetypes. They're archetypes. So when I coach a real person, let's say I was coaching you, Rick, People, some people know Rick from the podcast, but not everyone knows Rick and his backstory and his history. But everyone who watches SpongeBob knows that Squidward is in a rut. So when we talk about Squidward's rut, they're like, oh, yeah, he's been working at the Krusty Krab for quite some time. He's got that annoying neighbor SpongeBob who's always ready for something. And Squidward just wants to play the clarinet. And yet he works at the Krusty Krab. So how can we talk about that rut? And that's kind of what we've been seeing has been really cool and fun for us to coach on the show. Um, but we also include listener questions. So at the beginning of the show, we literally went into Quora, which is a question and answer platform. And we're mm -hmm. answering people's uh, questions from there. But we're starting to also receive uh, from our listeners some questions that they're looking to explore, which has been um, a lot of fun. So we get a bit of a bit of fun, a bit of comedy, but uh, we use our coaching process to read and respond to those journals on the show. So it's been a lot of fun for us. Uh, that's really interesting. Is are do you get people suggesting characters they want you to to coach next? Oh, uh, that more than anything. Uh, <laughs> people want Emily in Paris. People yeah. want uh, actually a lot of people want a lot of the characters from The Office, which has been interesting. We we have Dwight. Uh, we definitely want to coach Michael Scott. I think that'll be a, a fun episode. Uh, but definitely more to come over there. <laughs> 
Oh man, Michael Scott, where would you even start with that guy? Okay. That, that's, that's the thing. We, we always start with the journal. Like uh, you, when, when we coach people, whether it's a real person or in this case with character coaching, you don't know the person beyond that journal. You don't know who they are. You don't know what they're, you, you don't get a LinkedIn profile. You don't get anything. You just get that first journal. And for us, it's, a jo- it's our job as a coach not to make judgments or, you know, snap decisions. It's just about asking questions and listening. And that's where, that's where we start. And it's a, it's a cool opportunity to highlight that. And also even now that I'm, you know, more on the business side of things and the coaching things, it's, it's fun for me to test my chops that way. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's just so been so amazing to talk with you, Jonathan Friedman, to talk about the the new angle you're bringing on 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 coaching and mental health uh, for young professionals and entrepreneurs. If you're an entrepreneur, you're a professional, so deal with it. Yep. Um, <laughs> and and the the creative ways that you're approaching this with your unique business solution, uh, your app, your live coaches, and and a blog and and a and, 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 and a podcast that actually talks about archetypes that, who are familiar to us and presumably help you zero in on, uh, you know, your demographic. You, they, they know you understand them because you watch the same shows they do. That's the goal. We're not so far off. Exactly. Okay, final question for you is a question we ask every, everyone. If you were to go back to who you were and where you were as a young professional, what advice would you give yourself? Yeah, I think... I would tell myself to not be so focused on being perfect at every little thing because it's impossible. Really, life is about contrast. It's about seeing what you really like and what you really don't like and really honing in on the things that you really like because those are the things that you want to be good at and that you're interested in. And for for me, I think part of my struggle with my anxiety has always been that I really want to be good at everything and please everybody and work to make everybody happy but really it all it all starts from 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 this bearded man over here so what i would want to tell myself is just to you know focus on myself go get the support you need to to get through those weird and tough moments and just chillax man because you know you're doing good things at the end of the day if what you're doing is showing up to work as a child and youth worker and you're doing the best you can or showing up to work as an entrepreneur trying to make the world a better place you're doing good work and that that's all that you need to do absolutely that's fantastic i i'm not a therapist in any way i'm not certified i'm maybe certifiable but i'm certainly not certified but i gotta say if you're an entrepreneur and you're still trying to please everybody then you're in the wrong profession and you definitely got to, to 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 loosen up and rethink the priorities there, because um, that's uh, that that's one of the big things that's uh, that that's going to come back and bite you. Jonathan Friedman, president of the Journal That Talks Back, a Toronto-based startup. You got to check it out. Uh, best of luck. We will check in with you again and find out just how this new business model of yours is working out. Oh well, yeah, I really appreciate it, Rick, and thanks for having me on the show. Okay, thanks, Jonathan. Best of luck. Thanks. Thank you so much for tuning into another episode of the Startup Canada podcast. This show is produced by Lauren Hicks and Maddie Stiles, and it's made possible by the support of MasterCard and Scotiabank. Be sure to tune in every Tuesday for a new episode. Until next week, I'm your host, Rick Spence.